Welcome to Long Live the Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live the Music. I'm Kyle Hawk, Editor-in-Chief at It'sAllDead.com. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm recording this on a Sunday, August 29th, releasing Monday, August 30th, my birthday. And what better way to celebrate my birthday than all of the incredible music that came out this past Friday. We alluded to it on our last show talking about how this fall is really shaping up to be huge just in terms of the stuff that we know is coming out and Friday really kicked things off. I mean, it was just an absolute avalanche of incredible albums that dropped and I've basically spent the whole weekend kind of like immersing myself in all of this incredible music. Uh, there's a there's a couple albums that stick out. Of course, Halsey, um, I was planning to, to review this album in, in written form. I've always kind of wanted to experiment with maybe doing some album reviews in the form of podcast, just hit and record, stepping up to the mic and kind of talking up my thoughts. And I decided that's the way I'm going to go this time. So I'm going to talk about the new album from Halsey. If I can't have love, I want power. I'm also going to talk about the new album from Churches and a few of the other albums that came out. I mean, there's just so much music out right now to digest. It's incredible. Um, but I, I'm, I'm thrilled with the new Halsey album. It's not going to be a surprise to anybody that uh, has followed me or our website. You know, it was a year ago this past weekend when uh, they released the five-year anniversary for Badlands, which was Halsey's debut album. And I, I did a little write-up on that because it, it, listening to that live album when it came out just really impacted me and reinforced how important their music has been in my life these past five years. And basically that article was me kind of teasing out this concept of like, I think for the past five years... Halsey has been the artist that has sort of defined my musical tastes and my cultural interests um, with all that they've done in terms of um, musical output and art. And basically, I can trace back all of my interests over these past several years to the center point of what Halsey has been doing. And it led me to create, as I've been doing since the start of this year, and so Yes, you know, I'm going into this new album, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, biased, uh, because they are literally my my favorite artist at this point. Um, but I, I think there's a lot to talk about. And um, so we're going to dive into If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, talk about is, is this Halsey's best album. Um, I don't know if I have the answer to that yet, but I think there's there's a lot to, to talk through here. And, you know, as I've been looking online, I've seen a lot of conversations of people talking about, like, this is the album they've been waiting for from Halsey. Like, they've been waiting to, like, get on board with them as, as an artist and, and really dive fully into like a full complete album and i certainly understand and i hear the argument for halsey having a lot of great music but maybe not one cohesive incredible uh album now the argument here that i think a lot of people are missing is with last year's manic and i you know i was an album that appeared on our end of the year list last year i think very highly of it i wrote um, a glowing review of it at the time um, you know, at, at the time in that review, I said, listening to Manic is like being brought behind the curtain and realizing that there's no level of stardom or success that separates someone from the demons that we all face. And Manic is deeply specific to its creator's trials and struggles, yet highly relatable because we're all in this together. Halsey's willingness to be so open and transparent has resulted in an album that could very well set the tone of the next decade of pop. And I still feel that way. I still feel like Manic is this incredible body of work. And yes, it's all over the place in terms of genre. It's intentionally done so. But one of the things that I think is interesting when you look at If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, 
course, from the moment this was announced, the big talking point is that Halsey was uh, working with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross on this album. And like, what are we going to hear when when these forces combine? Like, what's going to come out of that? And and you kind of could have had an idea of what to expect. But I think Manic is an album that you can look to and see the seeds planted uh, for what we have. And I can't, uh, if I can't have love, I want power. Like if you fully have followed Halsey's career uh, and you really dove into what Manic was, that that entire experience of that album, this album shouldn't be a surprise at all. And I think there's a lot here. Like, yes, she's definitely leading into sort of the dark industrial alternative direction that you would expect when you're working with people like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. But if you look back at songs like Nightmare, 3 a.m., Experiment on Me, the, the song that they did with Bring Me the Horizon for the uh, Birds of Prey soundtrack, you can see... Um, all of those elements kind of already existing there. They've clearly always sort of had a, a penchant for exploring those more rock-oriented sounds. And even when you go back and listen to, you know, the, the breakthrough song, New Americana, the one that really put Halsey on the map back in, in 2015 off Badlands, uh, you know, with lines like uh, Raised on Biggie and Nirvana, that that entire song and really the album was exploring, like, there was this influence that we all have, this this whole generation and now that's being brought to the surface as we sort of like step into this limelight moment and begin to express what art and music and and sound is like for us that's always been there for halsey um now as she fully explored that sort of like alternative industrial like throwback 90s grunge stuff like on a, on a full album like no of course not and, and that's kind of what you're starting to see come through here on if i can't have love i want power um but I guess my main point here is this album for me isn't a surprise. Like it's not a surprise that this was pulled off so beautifully and it just makes so much sense in terms of their artistic development. Um, now this album, I think more than any album that she's done has a very cohesive underlying narrative and theme to it. I'm not really prepared to comment on all of that, but it, it seems truly brutal and brilliant <laughs> in the way that it's done. It, a lot of it focuses on the joys and horrors of pregnancy and childbirth. That's something that they had basically laid out from the start that was going to be uh, the undercurrent for what this album is exploring. And it's sort of set. I mean, there was even a movie that came out with this. I unfortunately didn't have a chance to see that. I'm, I'm hoping that it'll hit streaming so I can check it out, but uh, almost done like a horror movie. And, and this is the soundtrack to what that experience is. And I think that's a, a really fascinating thing to explore. And Halsey, of course, has, has been open for years about uh, wanting to have a child and all of the, the struggles that she's had um, with her own health and, and body through all of that. And I think that um, having that experience now makes total sense that this would be the, the body of work that we would get um, in, in the midst of that. And I think it's just so, so brilliantly done. This is, there's a lot of darkness. There's a, there's an undercurrent of sort of gloom and tumultuousness that's sort of brooding in all these different tracks and it manifests itself in different ways. This isn't, this album isn't a one trick pony. All of these songs kind of have their own identity. Uh, a few of the standouts for me, you asked for this is just, it's so immediate, so urgent, uh, Yes, the chorus is repetitive, but it's just if it, you can't turn away from it, it's just one of those songs that sort of ingrains its way into your brain. That's the song that's kind of been replaying in my head throughout this entire weekend. But uh, Bells of Santa Fe, again, it's another one of those songs that you could see Halsey creating. She just hadn't gotten to the point where she could create something sort of that deep and that dark and that beautiful. 
and here it is. Here we have it. Eleven twenty-one. I'm assuming it's one one two one. I don't know if that's the exact pronunciation of the song, but another one that I just felt is fantastic. And the album is just littered with great moments. Uh, Girl is a gun. I, I kept thinking this to me sounded like '90s era garbage meets Halsey. <laughs> like if you put those two things together, and that's really kind of what's happening here. You're feeling all of these different influences that Halsey has clearly had throughout the course of her life that have influenced her to be an artist. Now she's like leaning fully into them of like this is what I want to create. Easier than lying is a track that I, I guess when somebody says like hey Halsey's working with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross Easier Than Line is the song that you hear in your head before you've even heard it um, and, and of course it's it sounds fantastic but I, I think overall yes this album in a way is a new direction but it shouldn't be a surprise there have been these seeds that have been sprouting throughout her work in recent years that are coming to full fruition here and, and look if you're a fan of like guitar driven music or like heavy dark synth stuff Nine Inch Nails, you know, that that entire era of music, then yes, this is going to be your favorite Halsey album. And they did a fantastic job of, of bringing this to life. But um, again, I, I think that this is just sort of the next step of progression in terms of what Halsey can do with her career. And I, I've been thinking of them so much in terms of uh, this artist that was basically a torchbearer for the new pop adjacent community. Somebody that came basically almost as like a, grassroots online artist that was brought into prominence and we've seen so many people follow in those footsteps billy eilish being you know the, the most notable of which but halsey is somebody that was literally stepping forward into the pop community but not playing by the pop rule book and so that's why i say pop adjacent and it's manifested itself in so many different ways and i think if I can't have love, I want power is the most unique and edgy encapsulation of what that means. And it really speaks to the artistic freedom that we're seeing so many different artists step into. We talked about it so much last year with Taylor Swift and what she did with Folklore and Evermore, Demi Lovato earlier this year, what Billie Eilish is doing. You know, we, we haven't talked uh, enough on, on this show or on our side about um, Happier Than Ever, but I, I keep going back to that album thinking about what a, what an an incredible and unexpected uh, work that is from her. And it, I, I think that's, it's an album that's going to hold up even more than her debut, but Halsey again, kind of like stepping into that, like owning, like, and they've talked about feeling like that part of themselves was held back from creating this work because of like cultural and industry expectations. And now we have this album that feels like a, a true representation of what Halsey wants to give to us and who they want to be as an artist. Um, so yeah, again, going back and kind of wrapping up my initial thoughts of, of Halsey being this artist that has defined this era of my life. I would written about Badlands last year on the fifth anniversary of it. It's a, imper- it's a perfectly imperfect album that reminds me of how I can feel when I let my guard down and feel the music that I listen to. And that's what I've been trying to do with, I can't have love. I want power is just lean into it, feel it, enjoy it as such. It's hard for me to be like fully unbiased and and giving a critical review of this album. I was thinking like if I was going to, if I'd written the review and I was going to give it a score, I gave Manic 4.5 and I think I'm going to give this one 4.52 out of 5 because I I, I do feel like um, maybe it's because this album came so soon after Manic, but people are forgetting how great of an album that really was. And this is too. And I think they're both really great in their own way. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready yet to say that one is better than another, but what I do know is that Halsey has given us four full length albums now that I think are all varying levels of 
really great and, and really enjoyable and really transcendent in terms of what a what a pop, pop artist can do. And so, so excited to have this album out now. I know I'm going to be enjoying it for the rest of the year. I know it's probably going to end up on our end of the year list, um, but, but really great to have a new album from Halsey so soon uh, after we what we just got last year. So uh, moving on from there, I, I want to talk about the new Churches album a little bit. And this one was so fascinating for me. You know, Churches, their debut, The Bones of What You Believe, came out in, in 2013, the same year that we started It's All Dead. And we were, you know, one of the first articles I wrote for It's All Dead was talking about uh, Churches. And so it's a band that we've been able to follow along basically their their entire career. Um, and, and I've just, from day one, they were an album or just a, they were a band that enraptured me. Um I've just, you know, you go back to the bones of what you believe. And I included that album um, on our best of the decade list uh, when the the 2010s wrapped up. And I think that it's an album that sort of set the tone for a new wave of sort of indie rock and indie pop. Um, Obviously, like it, it sounded like there were so many influences there that we were aware of, but they hadn't coalesced in a way that that first album did. And there were so many other bands and artists that I feel like came in their wake trying to emulate with that, that new synth pop, like that dark and uh, sort of eerie and edgy synth pop movement was going to be. Nobody's really done it better than churches yet, in my opinion. Um, but one of the interesting things that happened with them is, you know, three years ago, they released Love is Dead, which was their first non-self-produced album, their first album on a major label. And it's an album at the time that I, I was interested because I went back and read my review and I was pretty glowing of it. Uh, I, I was pretty, even gave a pretty strong defense of it because a lot of people at the time were kind of struggling with what that album was and what it represented and again, it's kind of the whole like mainstream major label conversation, where it's like this album losing that special part of them by going this route. Um, a couple of the things that I wrote in that review, you know, that more people than ever now feel compelled to join the conversation should be cause for rejoicing, even if you miss the quirkiness of the bones of what you believe or the sharp, ambiguous edges of every open eye. Um, and, and then I wrapped up the review by saying on Deliverance, which I thought was the, the best album or the best song on that album, Mayberry questions, is it Deliverance if you never change? And for those rankled by a band growing their much needed platform while inviting more participants to the party, this might be a good thought to ponder. I read that and I was like, you know what? That's a really great point. But the, the fact of the matter is Love is Dead didn't stick with me. Uh, it's the one album of theirs that I just flat do not go back to at all. Um still love the bones of what you believe, still go back to every open eye every now and then. But I think in my mind over these past three years, I kind of wrote off churches as being able to deliver something for me that was going to be as special as, as what those first two albums were. And so because of that, I, I kind of passively listened to the the singles as they came out, but I wasn't thinking about this album much, but I heard people talking about it. I had a couple of friends encourage me to check it out and I just immediately was sucked back in. I, I feel like this, this album is a return to form screen violence is like churches going back to doing just an incredible version of what only they can do this well uh it's self-produced again just like those first two albums they're kind of taking back that full creative control and it captures a lot of the edge and a lot of the bite that i feel like was kind of absent on that that last album um and again, proves that they're the best at this sound that they basically created with that debut album. And Lauren Mayberry just sounds so alive on this. I, I just, you know, and, and I don't want to say be critical of, of what she did with the last album, but just listen to this. I was like, this, this is so incredible. Like I just, she's always been one of my favorite vocalists and I just feel like she is 
she, you know, even though a lot of the subject matter here is like difficult stuff, like they've always done with it, just she seems so joyous and purposeful um, in, in her delivery across every song on this album. I, I was just blown away listening to it. Um, asking for a friend, it, the opening track on this album it just starts playing. You're like, Oh my God, this sounds like the churches that I feel like I knew, uh, before that last album. And I just, um, from that point in, I was like on board. I was sucked in. He said, she said it was one of the, I may have been the first single that they, they released from this album. So good. How not to drown another single that come out, Robert Smith in the mix of this album. It just, it, it, it's placed so perfectly. It's such an incredible track, but the one that stuck out to me, um, I had read the, uh, Jason Tate of Chorus FM, he's got a weekly newsletter that he puts out. If you're not subscribed to that, you should be. Go to Chorus FM, uh, sign up for it. But he always has like really great thoughts on music that's coming out. And he was, of course, talking about churches. He's a big fan of theirs. And he talked about this track, Final Girl, that uh, was the song. It's not a single so far, but it's the one that had really stuck out to him. And when it got to that track for me, I was just taken aback. Like that song is like the epitome of what I always felt like churches was capable of doing. It's got those elements of like early churches, but it's it's much more advanced and, and progressed forward from what they were doing in, in their early work. It's just, it's a magnificent, magnificent song. It's so sad, but so beautiful. Uh, if you're going to check out one song on this album, I, I highly suggest Final Girl. And, and again, kind of following with the horror movie motif with it. And I, I I'm not... 100% sure. I was trying to like figure out like what the song is communicating. I, I felt like there were multiple moments on this album where Lauren is basically reckoning with feeling as though she lost herself um, over the course of what it what it means to sign to a major label, what it means to become a bigger artist, what it means to have your influence expand. But in doing so as a woman in the music industry, have so many things about yourself questioned and squelched. It feels like she's really fighting back and pushing back against a lot of those ideas that have been, I guess, in her mind, sort of implanted in her head that she now has to battle against. It's like, really, it's hard and sad. Like I listen to it. I'm like, gosh, I, this sucks that, um, that, that women in the music industry and women everywhere are still um, have to deal with this kind of stuff, but she explores it in such a way that's so fascinating. And I feel like final girl is maybe the best encapsulation of, um, how she, um, basically dug into that on, on this album. So a beautiful song. What's the score of this album? I don't know. I, I haven't decided yet. Like part of me is like, this might be the best church's album. Is that's a five-star album. I give those out so rarely, uh, so few and far between. I'm not ready to do that. Um, but I don't know that it's not that. I, I need to spend some more time with this album. But man, uh, Screen Violence, this this is a fantastic return to form for a band that I, I still feel like is one of the most important um, bands that we have today. So definitely invite you to check it out. What other what other stuff came out this Friday? Uh, Turnstile, just this magnificent album, uh, Glow On. That I you know wasn't even on my radar. I've kind of like I guess tertiarily been aware of this band, but I hadn't like fully dug into them. Um, again, a couple friends reached out to me about this album, so you got to check it out. It is incredible. This is like uh, hardcore punk, but beefed up with so many other elements that you wouldn't expect, and so many other like early sort of 90s grunge and alternative influences that they wear on their sleeve in such a way that it's just impossible not to like 
fall in love with it. it it's a truly fantastic album and if you're into punk music and if you're listening to this podcast you probably are definitely an album to check out uh we had grayscale with confidence i think the great kyle schultz is working on some reviews of both of those and then today sunday this morning uh we finally got donda from kanye west you know i i haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it you know he's been doing the live streams i've talked ad nauseum about the complications of of Kanye West for me. And of course that's my next airs of influence piece that I have to write. And I've been putting it off because it, it's just so hard for me to write about Kanye in 2021. Um, you know, I I'm sure I'll give it a spin before the weekend's over. Um, but man, there's just been so much stuff, even the, with the last live stream with some of the stuff he did with, uh, having Marilyn Manson out and, um, it, look, you know, there's not much more that I can say about this. I think the dialogue is basically exhausted itself. Um, we kind of just have to live with uh, with what's happening at this point. And you can either, you know, engage with it or, or not at all. I still haven't decided <laughs> my stance on it yet. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'll give a listen to Donda. Don't know, you know, how I'll feel about it at this at this point and uh, in, in everything that we've, we've been through w- with him, but you know, it's another album that we can't, can't ignore. It's going to be a point of conversation for weeks to come. I'm sure. Um, but you know what, if, if you can't find new music to love right now, I don't know what to tell you because the amount of stuff coming out is just absolutely fantastic. And I ensure, encourage you, whatever you're enjoying right now, lean into it, love it, lose yourself in it, share it with your friends have great conversations. Uh, you know, summer's winding down. You know, enjoy some of those nights of just throwing on your favorite music and and losing yourself in it. That, that's the whole reason of why we started this podcast. Uh, started it's all dead is because th- th- those are the moments that um, we always want to keep finding and always keep coming back to. So hopefully, you're finding that right now with all the amazing music that's dropping. Uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you for listening to me again. Hopefully this was enjoyable. Um, again, I'd like to explore doing some album reviews in this fashion. If you like it, uh, if you kind of like the the approach here, let me know. I'd love if you reach out to me or um, our account. It's all dead uh, on Twitter or Facebook, or of course, come to our website or reach out to me. Uh, you can reach me at my last name, Hawk, H-A-U-C-K at it's all dead. I'd love to hear from you and get get some feedback. So that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I'm Cal Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at It's All Dead. And of course, come visit our website, itsalldead.com.